Here we are, Radio Free Partick Edition 12. 12, 12. it seems so many more. Uh, our listener's figure grows ever larger as he eats more and more pies and, and bags crisps. of crisps and drinks himself senseless. Uh, we are, of course, live from Partick Pumping, Pumping Station. Station. Pumped right up. Yeah, uh, We are a cultural review podcast. Are we? We certainly are. are we? Very, very cultured in our review of the, the culture. Didn't you? You've only just realised what it is we're doing. I had an idea. But... You just thought we were sitting here messing about. Yeah, I yeah, we are. That, yeah. Yeah. I must have thought that. That's what my wife thinks we're doing. It's just boys' nonsense. She yes, keeps wow. repeatedly saying That's when she doesn't missing about in the missing station. about in the pumping station. Uh, we'll be reviewing three films. I'll list them uh, a little bit later. We're also going to be talking about a TV mockumentary. Uh, we will be being frank and free and fearless with our critical uh, opinions of a variety of things. Uh, we will also be uh, doing our famed, acclaimed Stuart Lee <laughs> deconstructivist comedy masterclass. Which is it not just getting old jokes wrong? Is that not what we do? That is, yes. is, that, is that what you're classifying it as? Well, we, deconstructing comedy. Yes, we seem to be getting our old, old jokes wrong accidentally just through making stupid errors so uh -huh. we thought we'd turn it into a virtue mm -hmm. we are and claim that we are deliberately subverting the comedy norm and uh, deconstructing comedy in the Stuart Lee manner if That's he can doing. he's turned a career he's made a career out of it so I think we can do the not same not Stuart D not Stuart D no as spell check ch correct changed him to um, we're going to be uh, having also a bit of a medical theme because we're oh. keen to uh, alert people to the ongoing medical crisis which is the coronavirus no there's nothing wrong with me I'm perfect in all well, respects but we are uh, Twitter superstars you are superstars. Alan Fraser 7 that's me and I am Soul Boy Davy B. You can look us up. You are Alan Fraser, Cap A, Cap F, and a number seven. Yes, I'm doing that, isn't it? It's it's, 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 six it's others. Not easy. Oh, my uh, goodness. Six more like Alan Fraser. Well, Dear, six up to me, thought. and then all the rest. There's more that. after. Oh, there's even more of them. Oh, no, there's 47 of them. There's no enter. Uh, Soul Boy Davy B, Davy D A V E Y B double E. But the coronavirus, uh, you've been engaging just today, okay. uh, topically, via Twitter with someone called Edin Jag. Edin Jag. That must mean that they live in Edinburgh and support Partick Thistle. That's the worst of all possible worlds, it is the worst whoever of all that possible is. Worlds. You have to come through from Edinburgh to go and see Partick Thistle. But not only that, after you've been beaten or perhaps scraped a door, you have to, to go back, back again to, again to Oh, my God. Anyway, but you were talking to him because he'd raised a very, very serious issue. Very serious um, issue. Well, it's a very serious matter. It is a very serious... We can't really, truly joke about no, mass not. deaths by coronavirus. But there are, you know, lighter aspects to it, aren't there? Uh, because Edin Jag... Uh, was uh, wondering aloud via Twitter. Well, what he posted on Twitter was, quick question apropos coronavirus UK, hashtag that, I don't know if I can bring rags, but it's a kind yeah. of UK version of the hashtag, in the office. Is there a good way to open doors that don't have lever handles without using your hands? Or do you always have to use the knob? Yes, seems perfect. Oh, wait a minute. And I answered him, open the door using a knob. It's tricky and could be painful, but is manageable. 
I think there's a misunderstanding going on there, perhaps deliberate. I don't think there was any misunderstanding. I think he posed oh. the question hoping that, that someone a, would might follow that up with a similar kind of comment. Oh, right. what, did anyone else join in with well, this Well, he did, he did answer me. I knew you would have tried it, and I did answer him back. I'm trying it now. Did anyone else answer that? Um, wonder if the, oh, 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 oh did Soul out. Boy Davey B answer this yeah, question as well? Did. Oh. You did. You yeah. said, um, Alan Fraser says that if the knob is in plain sight, you should always reach for it. Hope this helps. Oh, I might have. And I, I think you misunderstood his No, I was being well. entirely uh, innocent in, about it. And, oh, and then, oh, and all along I was being drawn into this smutty double entendre nightmare land. It's just what happens, though, isn't it? It is. It is. Anyway, right. Uh, let's. Uh, we will return to coronavirus and uh, advice on coping with the emerging tragedy. Well, we also re- return to sort of jokes. The may we may well return to things. old jokes uh, being badly told to hopefully amusing ends. But can I slightly sidetrack things? This is a naked bid for uh, commercial success on my behalf. Could you put your clothes back on, please? <laughs> yeah, I'll hang them over. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's the doctor's gag. Take your clothes Nearly off. Where shall I hang them? My... Put yeah. Oh, uh, beside me. Yeah. Thankfully, there's a there's a jag a jag a, a joke a joke a, jo- a jaggy joke I've screwed up accidentally. To purposeful purpose. Stuart Lee would be proud of He it? would, he would. So would Stuart D. I'd like Soul Bowl, Particle. I run this uh, Soul thing uh, Saturday night, Particle Bowling Club, Southside Soul at Titwood Bowling Club, and also Thank Funk It's Friday South, Titwood Bowling Club. Huge success Saturday night. We did a Soul Bowl, Particle Bowling Club, uh, and uh, your son was there, your young son, Alvin. Alvin, uh, uh, how old is he? Is he early 20s? He is, yes, he is, early 20s. He was there with his chums, mm-hmm. uh, who have odd names like Gonk or Gauk or Deedle, Grook, Deedle, was there. Deedle Throttle, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Bobble, all these characters. Witty. And I must stress that uh, I'm not, not proud to say this, but I've become ever more commercially minded uh, the more I do, more often I do Soul Bowl than a Associated vintage vinyl soul and funk events. I tried to uh, ensure that your son and his chums would all turn up by promising the presence of young female nurses you because did? I'd been told that there were a big group of nurses were coming along. And was there? There was a big group of nurses, female nurses, um, and I don't know whether I'm sexist. I'm not. Wasn't trying to insinuate anything about. The morality of nurses, or I wasn't I, maybe it just sexist and exploitative. Well, did and you I promise him a, a big group of nurses I, or, a, or I a did. group of big nurses? I, I mean, would... promised him a big group of nurses, and he seemed quite enthused about mm-hmm. this. And indeed, there was a big group of female nurses. Uh, but uh, and again, I don't want to be unkind about this. They were. They were perhaps not entirely what uh, your son had expected. They were more mature, perhaps. They were more mature. They would have been more likely to box your son's ears and <laughs> uh, box all his chums' ears as well. Because they were, they were, they were very. It was very welcome that their their presence was very welcome. Your son and his chums' presence was greatly welcomed, but they did seem to spend an awful lot of time. Um, stumbling over each other's feet, falling over, slapping one another around the back of the head, rather than yeah. being sophisticated men of the world. The, the, uh, yes, a boisterous bunch. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. But they were very, very nice. Well, he but, said he really enjoyed it. He said he 
can't be bothered into town. It's too expensive. Yeah, it is. It's terrible. It's this like is what you want. Suburban it's, it's clubbing club, is the way know, forward. For the early twenties, is the way forward. You know. But he also said that you know he doesn't know the music. He doesn't know the songs. It's Northern Soul. They're there's expert dancers there. He said they were trying their best. Oh, they did very well. But, you know, I thought they did uh -huh. very, very well. But uh, the reason I've mentioned all this is because to be self-deprecating, because the nurses who were sitting behind myself and my DJ associate, because it was so packed, they were sitting behind us. Uh, one of them at the end of the night called me over and said, uh, excuse me, could you just turn round and face the other way? <laughs> and that's not something you ever really want to hear <laughs> from anybody. Because I could see it coming. Can you turn around and face away? Because your face is so hideous, I'm finding it making me feel ill. Or, you know, turn around. We want to have a good look at the, your bald patch at the back of your head, which now extends all over your head. I didn't know what it was. They wanted me to turn around because they'd noticed uh, that um, my one of my jeans pockets has got a hole in it. And they wanted to know whether it was a fashion statement or I'd, they wanted generally to mock me for having a hole in my trousers. Uh -huh. And that was it. That's, well, that's I was quite worried. I thought they'd spotted something in the back of your neck that they wanted you to take a Well, there was, the was that. That was the other thing that uh -huh. worried me. But thankfully, no. It was just they were making fun of me. And uh, on that note, I'd like your wife to sew up my trouser pocket better. Oh, you need to... Thank you. Take off my trousers. <laughs> Not <you're>... now. <laughs> You've already got them off. We've established that earlier. Yes, we did. But no, I'll put them on. I'll zip them back up again. Right, the films we're going to talk about are Rialto, Emma and Greed. And the TV is This Country. Uh, and uh, before we get into the films, we'll, let's have some of our Stuart Lee deconstructivist comedy. Okay. Comedy masterclass. This, time. Uh, this is for the woke generation as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to... I'm going to assume the persona of a small Glaswegian child. Well, that, that, that should come easy to you. It should, really, shouldn't it, yes. Ma, ma, can you buy me a coconut dog? A coconut dog? Ma, ma, gonny, gonny, gonny buy us a coconut dog. <laughs> I just feel like slapping you. Yeah. Uh, weary mother. That's you. God, am I going to have to do a weary mother for Yes, this? yes. I'm afraid I'm unable to buy such a non-existent confectionery product. I don't know where I'm from now. You have merely overheard a pair of Glaswegian ruffins, ruffins, ruffians speaking in their hideous urban vernacular and making a frankly obscene and unnecessary observation about the outlandish size of a passing canine's genitalia. There you go. And it's as though Stuart Lee and another Stuart Lee were in the room. <laughs> Uh, we will return. We are the, the, the deconstructivist Frankie and Josie. And we will, we will return to the deconstructivist comedy masterclass, giving old jokes new life or killing old jokes. Killing we'll completely. return to that later on because that's part of our comedy masterclass. We start off setting up the themes and then we return mysteriously, almost imperceptibly. Yes. You can't think, why almost have they come back there again? Almost as if we planned it. Which we haven't. Which we no, it just happens. Mm -hmm. The we, magic if, just happens. The magic of comedy deconstructivism. So, what film are we going to talk about? First? We're going to talk first. Primarily, this uh, podcast, Radio Free Partick, is is uh, comic in in intent. You may not have divined this already, uh, but that's what we are trying <laughs> to be funny. But this is a very serious film, uh, which apparently is pronounced Rialto. Rialto, Rialto. Well, I've been calling it Rialto. That's what I thought it was. And I did listen to a, a short interview with um, director Peter Mackie Burns, 
and that's how he how he um, pronounced, pronounced it. it. But, but perhaps in the Dublin, characters, it's a, it's a place it, in Dublin. Yes, yeah. it's set in Dublin, uh, kind of in Rialto, as the folk of Dublin pronounce it. It's an area of uh, Dublin. Uh, it's not the definitely not the, the Rialto Bridge in Venice. It is not, and it's it's not a funny film at all. Um, but it's a film I think that is well worth seeing, and uh, one of the reasons why we are reviewing it uh, seriously and in in detail and because we like it is because it's made by Partick's premier feature filmmaker Indeed. Peter Mackie Burns uh -huh. who is also a neighbour of yours which yes, potentially uh -huh. makes yes, it yes. awkward when it comes to saying what we really think about it but I think it's a terrific film his last film was called Daphne uh, and it was uh, similarly uh, real and gritty and kind of uh, not the most colourful looking film. It was very real, it very was real kind characters. of place of life. Yes, and you know there, there is a, a shocking thing happens in it, but it's just you know and it affects the the uh, the Daphne, you know, yeah. played by Emily Beecham, who's fantastic. And in fact, yeah. you should see that because Rialto will not be coming out until May. That oh was, right, okay. That was the GF, uh, the Glasgow Film Festival. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. So is premier. Daphne around again at the moment, or? Uh, it is available to watch on E4 because uh, it was okay. on um, Film Four the other week. Oh, and I missed it. Is well worth seeing see again if you haven't see, if you haven't seen it. See yes. it if you've seen it already. Uh -huh. See it again. Uh, but uh, Rialto uh, stars Tom Vaughan Lawler and Tom Glyn Carney. Uh, the latter is in Dunkirk. Tom Vaughan Lawler is in the Avengers films, which I've never seen any of the Avengers films. I haven't either. But Neither yeah. have I. But they're both incredible performances. Uh, the older Tom, Tom Vaughan Lawler, uh, is a middle-aged man whose everything in his life is just absolutely appalling. Uh, and somehow he uh, winds up finding the other Tom, Tom Glyn Carney, who is a peroxide blonde, tough guy, rent boy, uh, and he begins uh, kind of an affair with him. It's kind of an affair. It's not really an affair. No, either, it's a very it? I mean, bleak I, I also think neither of them exchange. Are, are actually homosexual. Because the, the guy is doing it, the young boy is doing it, yeah. Because he has a child. To uh, earn to, money. And, and it's to earn money. Easy work. he's doing. Yeah. Also, the... the the, the main protagonist, um, what's, what's the character? Colm. 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 Well, we don't really know his whole thing. He's, 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 no. He seems to be self-destructed. He's be going to become... He's an alcoholic, he recovering. Brings, yes. He's, his marriage doesn't seem to sustain him. His children, his son, actually, his son's awful. Yeah, um, he's a terrible relationship with his son. But a better relationship with his daughter. Yes, um, his father's just died uh, who he hated he, he had a bad he relationship had a bad and relationship as we uh -huh. as we say all this we are possibly putting any casual listener off ever going to see this film well do you know what you said we went to see this together last week and at the end of the film you turned around to me and said that was a really really good film but I'm so glad it's finished yes because, Although I would watch it again because uh -huh, it's uh -huh. really, really memorable, memorable characterization. Yeah, it's uh -huh. a memorable film. The scenes that will live long in the memory, as mm. the as the cliche goes. Um, but it's uh, it's kind of washed out looking. Um, it's unattractively coloured. There's not much sunshine in it. Well, actually, there is sunshine because it's in summer. It's in the middle of a heat wave, a but lot, it's still yes, relentlessly and, downbeat. And they have a nice back garden they have a nice house they have you know and although he is about to maybe be redundant 
But he's also he's that's obviously another a... alcoholic, father dying, mm-hmm. terrible home yeah. life with son, and he's made redundant. Well, I think he's also impotent because there's no in the relationship oh, with right. the young boy. He the young boy is the active participant yes. in the yeah. You know, without going too into it, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's, the, it's, it's what he's, when he says to his wife at one point, he said, what would happen if we told people what was really going on in our heads? Yeah. And I thought, well, yeah. but it's, 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 it's totally self-destructive. Yeah. We don't know why he's wanting to destruct everything so badly, though. And There's a lot what, left up to your imagination to yeah, try and uh-huh, work out. Uh-huh. Uh, it's very, very subtle as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a film about shame and thwarted lives, desperate everyday lives. And once again, I'm conscious that this is not the best selling document that I could come up with. Have you written down the writer's name? I guess I've completely forgotten his name. Uh, I've forgotten the... his name. No, I haven't written his name down. That was re- Oh, it's based on a stage play called Trade, Yes, uh, uh-huh. which was on in Dublin, I mm-hmm. think about eight or nine years ago. Um, but it's it's a, it's astounding. Um, it's and, a great uh, piece of work. But yeah, it is. You know, it's not much fun, but it's very uh, rewarding. I don't know. Yeah, it is. is yeah, you get a real. You quite feel quite privileged to get this insight into other people's lives delivered so authentically and um, powerfully, but very, very quietly and in a very, very downbeat, subtle sort of a way, and. Um, yeah, I, the, the big success in films at the moment seems to be these uh, superhero super type of films with giant budgets and lots of on-screen computer trickery kind of thing. You know, people acting in greens, against what used to be called green screen technology and mm-hmm. all this sort of thing. And if, I mean... I don't like those kinds of films at all. They tell, really say either. nothing to me about the human condition. I would rather have films um, of realism any time. You know? Yeah. But I, I've, I've looked up the guy's name. It's, it's Mark O'Halloran. That's it, yes. Award-winning uh, stage play. Yes, uh-huh, which but, is, uh, I is think Peter Mackie Burns should be given the kind of budget that uh, accrues to these giant blockbuster films. And by golly, I think he would Well, he's working on other stuff just now. Um, Do we have any idea what else he's no, doing? No, because I can't really reveal what ah, he's working okay. on. Because it's... Uh, like most of these projects, you know, they either happen or don't happen, oh, they, and yeah. sometimes you don't like. But you can see his work on Vimeo. Ah, yeah. You can see uh, the documentary he made a few years back called Come Closer, right? which is very well worth watching, and some short films, one called Stronger, with Kate Dickey, Milk with Brenda Fricker. I think Milk won awards when it first I came out. I think it did as well, it? yeah. And, and as you've said... And Happy Birthday to Me oh, with Emily know. Beecham, oh, right. who... Was in went on to Daphne and Daphne. Daphne's available, viewable on E4. So, so you can check out his films. You can check out his films pretty easily. But he's, uh, to my mind, he's a a really major filmmaking talent from Partick. From Partick, not from Partick Pumping Station, but from Partick. The other thing you said to me about the film uh, was that uh, the it's spoken uh, quickly, quietly, in a very, very strong Dublin accent that I really didn't get in places. In places, I didn't. Uh, either, there's muttered, muttered kind of uh-huh. dialogue, but it didn't. But that's it didn't seem to matter because you still knew Dublin, what was going on. And people around me were t- talking in, a, in in the local dialect and vernacular or whatever. I would not, you know, pick up every second word. So you know. But you understood you don't, you don't it. You don't have to pander. It was a, no. You it know. was a film you understood. You understood understood the characters. You didn't need uh-huh. to have everything. Yeah. Yeah. Delivered. Yeah. Right. So that's <laughs> on this comedy 
podcast, we have dealt with a very serious film, which is not in any way funny whatsoever. Well, I did say to Peter Mackie Burns on Twitter the other day, uh, on the way to the film, I was looking for his latest knockabout comedy, and uh, he took it in good spirit. Wonder if he could. Wonder if he's uh, he's not done comedies, has he? Wonder if he could, do, if he could do. I think I laugh. Perhaps we could give him a script, and he could do a comedy film <laughs> about two I, men in a little room doing a Partick podcast. I, th- I think he's bound to go for that. Yeah, he's bound to go yeah. for that. That's know. his next. Film. There you go. There you go. There's one for you, Peter. Right there you go, Mister Mackie Burns. Right, which film should we move on to now? Should we move on to Emma, which well, I alone can, I have seen? seen it, right, so. I, Emma. Um, it's uh, directed by the wondrously named. Autumn de Wild, uh, and I, I went to it with a real heavy heart because it's based on Jane Austen's novel Emma, and uh, I don't have a great history with uh, Jane Austen, uh, despite the fact that I did study uh, Jane Austen's Northanger Abbey uh, for my degree in English literature four hundred years ago. Yes, I did, and can I tell you a little, little self-indulgent story about that as well? Oh, because uh, who's going to stop you? My I. Had my final exam paper was about romantic fiction, including Northanger Abbey, and I forget what the other two novels I studied. Um, but uh, as I studied all these questions about these novels, I realized that if I was going to answer a question about Northanger Abbey, I had no idea of the name of the central character in Northanger Abbey, despite having studied it for about four months. I was not. It wouldn't so what come. It just stopped. It just didn't go there. It just uh, you lost I, it. Or? I couldn't. No, no. I, d- I had to answer three questions. So I studied. I did answered not question one about novel, novel, whatever the other novel was. I answered mm-hmm. question two about novel two. Can't mm-hmm. remember the name of that. I, but I remembered at the time. I remembered perfectly what not both novels were. All the casts, three, you know, mm-hmm. themes. Cast audience net cut. No, I'm starting well, to I've lose. Never, I've never the will it, to form I'm, sentences. I'm assuming her name is Abby. Could have been, but no, no, no. Northanger Abbey. Abbey Northanger. No, no, it wasn't. Abbey from Northanger. Northanger Abbey. So all I could do when it came to right, I can't answer any other questions. I've got to answer the final question. It's got to be about Northanger Abbey. I managed to spin it out for about two and a half pages, and then ended mid sentence just as I was about to <laughs> and, I put, and there's in brackets in brackets at the bottom answer unfinished ran out of time so there you go I got. I think I got away with it I did get a degree Does in you? the end yeah yeah so there you go well, a, a good degree a good pass a it was good... all right it was better than a Desmond slightly but not uh-huh. as good as a, a Stuart Cosgrove first okay anyway right but getting back to Emma it's all crinoline's upper, upper middle class country houses what's the um, name of the heroine in Emma Emma uh, I can't oh god what was her name it must have been no it's gone I can't remember oh, well, she's played by a woman called Anya Taylor-Joy who is fantastic what uh, great names Yes, Anya Taylor-Joy, Autumn DeWild. And apparently Anya Taylor-Joy is going to be in Last Night in Soho, which is the next film from Edgar Wright, director of Spaced, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, End of the World. And it's written by Christy Wilson-Cairns, Glaswegian, who wrote 1917, and that's out in September. So Uh uh, that's going to be good, because Emma was really good. It was a great... um, comedy of manners and it was uh, despite being set in 18 whenever it was 1815 with no car chases no guns no people falling out of windows nothing like that uh, it was uh, a terrific film which i thoroughly enjoyed it was um, about the 
unchanging social circumstances of folk who live in close proximity people falling in love with each other uh, it's about families people falling out with each other it's about friendship enduring human flaws petty jealousies and romantic aspirations and uh, i thoroughly enjoyed it despite the fact that i didn't think i would and it's a film the name of which is uh, oh what's it called no what's it called albert um Candice, no, Emma, that's Emma, what it's that's called, that's why I remember it now. Let's move on to Greed, which we have both seen. Yep, we did. Uh, shall we start? Shall I start by reading a review of it? Well, um, the whole thing? No, no, someone else's so. review, not my, no, just no, the bits are right, highlighted, not right, the okay. whole right. thing, not, not 3,000 words. No, no, it's by uh, Oliver Shah, a business journalist who uh -huh. covered the uh, real-life mogul who might be thought to be the inspiration for Greed, the film, which is about Sir Richard Greedy, Greedy, McCready, Greedy. a fictional character played by Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan. The uh, real-life inspiration is possibly Sir Philip Green. Do you think we should say that? No, we shouldn't, should we, really? But everybody else is saying Everyone it anyway. else, and he hasn't yeah. sued anybody no, yet. So, yet. But uh, it was reviewed yeah, by Oli... picking us. The, yeah, because we're the, the little guy. guy, yeah, with no money. So Oliver Shaw reviewed the film by saying that uh, it's got decent one-liners in it. Keith Richards, a tramp who's won the lottery. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Coogan uh, performs with the detached professionalism of a minor celeb comparing an awards night his McCready is a two-dimensional ogre whereas the real thing is a three-dimensional ogre his brass brash ostentation and casual bully, bullying underscored by cray-like menace uh, and it's ultimately Oliver Shaw felt that greed doesn't work as satire because McCready is actually less extravagant obnoxious and ridiculous than the real life other person whose name who, we won't say who that. probably sees the film as a limp compliment so what did mm. you make of greed well I enjoyed it I enjoyed it but thought the... it was funny because it is a comedy, but always I good if it's a comedy. The, the two strands didn't really mesh together. Like yep. the story of this large and leave character, Richard McCready, and and also the 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 story of the exploited yes uh, workforce. There's a very serious uh -huh. story about yeah. uh, exploitation in the developing world yeah. and exploitation of your retail staff, I suppose. In and Britain. I thought it didn't really merge together properly. It was like two different films. It was. You know what I mean. But I did enjoy it, and I enjoyed Steve Coogan's performance. I found his... I take it they, those are false teeth, giant, well, he's got shiny quite white teeth. teeth. But those, were, yeah. those weren't his. And I don't know why they... I'm baffled as to why they were a part of the thing at all. Because they what were the mentioned... Teeth? Yeah, but they were mentioned, you know, as a sign of his vanity. But, well, uh -huh. we get that this man is a vain man, because for his 60th birthday, he's... Uh, what's he doing? Restaging... The well, decline of the Roman of... <laughs> Empire, and uh, also he's got Fat Boy Slim there as his entertainer. So plainly, he is. That was quite confusing he's... at the end as well. That part where they have this big lavish party. So they have like some actual celebs, and then they have comically and, and quite amusingly the, the sort of uh, lookalikes as well. Yes, but then Stephen Fry turns up, and I'm thinking. Is he meant to be playing a character, or is, or is he, he Stephen, Stephen Fry? Fry? It's yeah. just you know, 
Um, it's very odd. And then at the very end, there's a, there's a series of serious messages about, as we've said, developing yeah. the yeah. statistics uh-huh. about uh, the exploitation of the workforce in um, far flung. Uh, and also, you have Pakistan, the Syrian, India. Syrian refugees yes. on the beach yes. at, at the resort, and, and they turn I, I, into they a kind the, of I, comedy all, turn as well. They it's, do a bit, yeah. and then it turns out that they are actually genuine Syrian refugees who played these parts. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's, it's it's a bit of a mess. It's a strange mission. But it is enjoyable and it is entertaining. Yes. David Mitchell is curiously he's so blank expression his, his eyes are just like it's just sort of dead. You know what I mean? I think he's great in you know, in comedy. I know I thought I thought his dead eyed sort of cowardice uh-huh. uh, lick spittleish tendencies, I thought they suited the character well, that perhaps, he was playing. I know, he was a biographer that didn't yeah. really want the but you know to didn't, do that. But uh-huh. didn't want to turn the money down and uh-huh. was too cowardly to stand up to uh, Sir Richard Greedy McCready. Yeah. I thought um, the the strongest, most interesting character in the whole thing was uh, the character of Sir Richard McCready's mum, uh, who is played by the wondrous Shirley Henderson uh-huh. under a load of prosthetics. Well, uh, yeah. But she's briefly herself. She's, uh, she, what, she's in, she's well, in she's, her 40s, but she's made to look as though she's in her 80s or 90s, uh-huh. uh, strangely. Kind of yeah. Strange matriarchal sort of mad Irish woman figure. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she's... She's kind of thrown uh-huh. away. It doesn't really hang together. I, the, I think Michael Winterbottom has made great films. He has in the past. This is party people with Steve Coogan. With Coogan. Is a, one of my favourite films, actually. It's really enjoyable. And this is the a stuff. strange thing, that he's made such good films in the past, mm-hmm. uh, and this one isn't. He's um, not related to Walter Winterbottom, is he? The former, former manager of the Englandshire football team, team yeah. in the 1950s Along with Willie Waddle, who's one of the most amusing names <coughs> in British football. Yes. Uh, no, I don't think he is related to Mr. Winterbottom. Or that, Mr. Willie Waddle. Or Mr. Willie Waddle. No. I don't think so either. And it, also, um, Steve Coogan and Rob Bryden are back in the trip to Greece, uh-huh. which comes out this week. I don't know if you're familiar with these. Uh, I, I am familiar with them. I haven't watched them as closely as I might have done. Uh-huh. The first one was very good. The second one, France... Spain was the third one, which I've only seen bits of, but I need to go back and see. Excuse me, slurping But I really tea. do enjoy, I mean, it's just like two men sitting, doing impressions to each other. Yes. And you know, Oh, ho, 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 ho. And if you listen oh, to yeah. our previous podcast, you know how entertaining that is. Yes, us doing impressions of um, of human beings, <laughs> chiefly. Yeah, as well as Francie and Josie, very badly. Oh, we've all, we've done Laurel and Hardy and Steve Martin. Oh, we've, we've, done, not, we've done them all. No real impressions uh-huh. today. We're going to see Steve Martin next week. We are going to see Steve Martin very soon. We'll be able to report on Steve Martin. That will be in our next podcast. We're not entirely sure when that will be, but it will be at some point soon. Can I... uh, Greed. Another thing about greed. The... um, Where Steve Coogan, or where... Where the performance is pitched wrong, Sir Richard Greedy McCready, in the middle of the street, tears apart a hapless underling for Mm. delivering pretty much exactly what Sir Richard McCready told him to deliver in terms of designing uh, retail high street outlets. Uh, And he does it funnily and deftly. And in reality, uh, the real-life inspiration for uh, Sir Richard Greedy McCready would not have done anything like that. He would have 
savaged his employee quite mercilessly and there would have been nothing funny about it whatsoever. Yeah, it was uneven. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a piece of entertainment and it is quite good. Yeah. As You know, I'll, I wouldn't say go to the pictures and see it to you if it was on your... Yes. You could it, get it on your telly straight box. To, not, what's, it's straight to... Straight uh, to... What do you call it? Not DVD. Uh, streaming. Yes. Straight oh. to streaming. There you go. You know, it's enjoyable, but... Um, enjoyable, but... But... But not like a, well, we're, we're scarcely enjoyable, and there's no ifs or buts about that. <laughs> right, this country, we're moving on to this country on BBC One. Just come back again. Um, I've seen, I think, the first two of the third series. I've is also binge watched series one and series two. Is this a BBC Three thing? Did it is a BBC, BBC Three, three thing. Before yes. BBC Three was no longer a thing and yes. only became an online. Indeed. So, is it been on. Shown on BBC One. It, uh, I think, be, the last second series was on BBC uh-huh. One. I found it via that second series and was quite intrigued by it, and went back and watched, binged watch series one, which is actually quite a difficult watch because you're not entirely sure that this isn't a real documentary. Um, as when you started to watch The Office, which is now 10, 15 years ago. The Office initially appeared to be simply a documentary about some very incompetent and rather odd um, stationary salespeople. But uh, this country, Series 2, and I think Series 3, um, they are much more, uh, they're much more obviously funny. Uh, and series three has got more characters in. Series one was just the brother and sister, Kerry and Curtin Mucklow. Um, and uh, the, the whole series is about extreme tedium um, in the uh, rural uh, hinterlands, the forgotten rural hinterlands of Englandshire. Uh, and it's about uh, boredom and self-delusion in characters who really aren't that attractive and they are constantly self-defeating. They have anger management issues. There's a whole range of things that don't add up, apparently, to obvious comedy. But the more you watch this country and uh, the more you begin to uh, find yourself assumed into the strangely tedious lives of Kerry and Curtin, then the, the funnier it gets. Well, um, I've only watched two. I've watched two of the current series, the third. And I do fancy goodbye and having a look. Um, well, I wouldn't go to series one, to be honest. No. I'd leave that to the end. Because it is, it's so, it's just the two of them constantly failing uh, and failing each other and failing at everything they try and uh, getting annoyed with themselves and frustrated about their failures, uh, it's 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 not as funny as it becomes. So if we were Kerry and Curtin, which one of us would you be and which one would I be? Oh, are you setting us up for some joke here? No, uh, no. Oh, well, why no, would I be doing you're, that? You're, you're Kerry, are you? And, and you're Curtin. I am Curtin. No, I think we're a pair of Curtins. Ah, we should... Pull ourselves together. together. Ah, there you go. The comedy deconstructivist masterclass strikes again. Yeah. Uh, it helps if you don't say, are you setting up a joke? Oh, setting up a ah, joke. But that, that's part of the joke. Oh, you go, listen to me. Just listen to me for a change. I don't need, I, you know, listening to you talking, I don't want to do that. Um, but there's a, a good review in The Guardian by Lucy Mangan of mm-hmm. this country. All of human life is here in this bleak, hugely funny, intimate, seemingly slight, yet ridiculously potent series of six perfectly formed half-hours. Uh, the current series, Series 3, uh, 
uh, finds welcome opportunities to deepen characters, particularly Vicar. That was something missing in previous uh, right, right. series. Well, I, I enjoyed the second one, as I said. I thought he was he quite a large part in that. But, yeah. So that's... But, uh, yeah. the second series there's all there's all these other there's ghastly len uh there is kerry's terrible father who is just awful um there's also the oh this terrible strange borderline psychotic woman uh mandy who kind of stalks around the streets uh almost fighting everyone she meets um, oh right, it's so hard in the second one. Yeah, yeah she uh -huh, turns up and sort of leers into the car. Yeah, and says say very, very, Well, you see, if you oh, she doesn't need to say anything right, anymore, okay. Mandy, because she's absolutely terrifying. Right. Uh, and uh, yeah, do, ghastly Len, ghastly Len, kind of. Uh, uh -huh. As I say, carried away on a stretcher. Oh yeah. yeah, that was him, right. And then oh, there's the woman. Oh, what's her name? Uh, June. Uh, June, um, and Lucy Mangan describes uh, June uh, as uh, her favourite character because he is the she is the target of Curtin's profound and never explained animus because of her magnificent garden, which yeah, she uh, decides to, to throw over. The sheer arrogance of it makes my blood boil, <laughs> says Poker. And he does get very worked up about a I range of things. Yeah. No. Or things that you wouldn't think are worth, worth getting. And uh -huh. this is why the poor guy is trapped in this village. He'll never escape because mm -hmm. he's constantly sabotaging himself with his own senseless, unreasonable anger. And he knows it. And that's he, that's no, and you can see it in his face. And it's all about minute, minute little facial gestures and expressions. Um, I've I, I enjoyed the two that I've seen. I, as I say, I need to catch up with some more. Good, and make sure you all do out there in Radio Free Partic land. Let's return to the Stuart Lee deconstructivist comedy masterclass, masterclass. for the woke generation element of our show. And we might get to the medical theme as well. I don't know. Uh, but this is... Uh, I've written this... I'm da Shall I be David? You'd be and you David be and Alan. I'll be Alan. Oh, we no. could change it all around. You could be, no. I'll, all right, I'll be David. Right. Nice out today, isn't it? That's not how you usually speak. Try it again. No, no, it's out. Nice out today, isn't it? That's more like it. No, it's not really, as the weather is unseasonably chilly with the possibility of snow, ice, gales, and driving rain. Oh, you misunderstand me. I was referring to this old lady walking down the street and the possibility that she might, in this spirit of feminist empowerment, cannot conduct an act of public nakedness which might upset and alarm us both. <laughs> there you go, comedy masterclass. Stuart Lee would be <laughs> proud of that if he could write stuff like that. Uh -huh. uh, yeah. Let's return. Great stuff like that. We're, now, we're, we're, we're knitting all these I loose wish, strands together into a giant comedy bow it's at just, the end. Just because you're waving your arms about doesn't mean you're actually knitting it together. No, we are, we are. Because earlier this week, or was it last week? Last week, I think it was, on Twitter, mm -hmm. Alan Fraser 7, he put a jobby in an envelope and posted it to Dundee. I did. And... Well, that reminded me to uh, maybe do my bowel cancer screening check. Ba-dum, ba-dum. Let's sign off with some more topical medical advice. Uh, it's on a romantic night. A Lonely Hearts advert. Uh -huh. We've spotted this. Man with coronavirus seeks woman with Lyme disease. That's just awful. And on that <laughs> awful note, it's goodbye from him. And it's goodbye from me.